0: reminder. Alexa, I stop. Water.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Simply Remarkable, created by Remarkable, a speakers bureau. And I'm your host today, Sue Falcone, founder and CEO of Remarkable. Now, we created this show so that we could showcase the talent that we represent here at Remarkable so that you would get to know them personally as we do and learn how to be and live remarkable as they are and you just might find your next talent for the event you're planning. Now I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and are ready for a great Christmas season. Now today our guest is Dr. Darren Martin. Now he is an international motivational keynote speaker. His thought leadership and change strategies in transforming companies earned him the title of the culture architect i can't wait to discuss that one and he teaches company leaders how to turn their team members into owners and develop a culture of service wouldn't that be great now he is also wall street journal and USA Today best-selling, award-winning author. And I just welcome Dr. Martin to our show today. He's coming to us from New Orleans and how was Thanksgiving in New Orleans, Darren?
0: Sue, everything in New Orleans is fantastic. And I'm excited about being on here with you. I've been looking forward to this.
1: That's great, me too. I said, oh wow, we're just gonna have a fun time. And we are being viewed here live on LinkedIn. YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So we've got a, an audience out there that uh, we're, we're just happy, and we've got our chat line open. So make sure that you jump on there and let us know that you're there and have any questions. We're ready to help you. Now, to start off, Darren, tell me about your background and how that impacted you becoming a global speaker and award winning author.
0: So, Sue, I uh, ran my own business. I have a PhD in psychology after seven long years. I ran my own business for 20 years, uh, went through a big significant life change, as many of us are prone to do. Got a divorce, sold the business and started looking around. And I realized most of my clientele had been C-level execs and, you know, uh, corporate kind of people. So I decided to go into consulting slash advising uh, got some early wins with a little boutique firm I joined with, a, did some work with a large defense contractor, maybe the largest defense contractor, um, had a 10-year running experience with the oil and gas company. They went from $2.6 billion to $20 billion. and then in and out of a lot of other companies, Southwest Airlines, uh, KPMG, just different places. And as I say, when you are in many companies small mom and pop small businesses did a lot of work with them as well to larger fortune 50 you know fortune 100 plus uh you start to see the good the bad and the ugly and i noticed themes that kept coming up things that worked, things that didn't work and so i decided to uh, start talking about those themes and seeing if i couldn't help companies just be better do better uh and that led itself to books because the best way to get your message out in a, in a broad fashion. Uh, I mean, a great way as obviously speaking keynoting, but when you write a book, it just spreads to the outer reaches. And, um, so that's, that's really how I got my start. I'm a, I'm a 35 year overnight success. As I say,
1: <laughs> look, sometimes it takes that, doesn't it? And that's the great part is you can instill that in others. So that they're not going to quit because like, just like me, we are not giving in, we're not giving up and we're not quitting, you know, and that's where I think uh, today that a lot is needed. Now, you've got this title of the culture architect. Now, how did that ever happen?
0: Well, I have written now multiple books on company culture. It's been a big focus of mine. Uh, we launched several years ago, and we're about to not relaunch but revamp the uh, Global Company Culture Association. And it's just been something that I'm really passionate about because most people's experience at work is is terrible. It's 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 degrading. It's not. Uh, you know, it's not fulfilling to the human spirit and I could go into all sorts of explanation of why I believe that is, but basically work is broken. We know that from the statistics, when you've got a 15% employee engagement rate across the world, 85% of people say they hate their job or they strongly dislike their job. We have a real problem. And that gets traced back to, if you look at the compelling statistic that matches up completely only 15% of executives say their culture is where it needs to be. So, put that all together, and you realize that we we have a big uh, we have a big challenge ahead of us. Everything else has changed: the way we shop, the way we date, the way we you know order food, the way we uh, uh, you know use transportation. Everything's changed with the digital revolution, and we've got all new tools and new resources. But much like our education system, where you still sit in chairs and a teacher works up front and writes on the chalkboard, we haven't changed the world of work. And so I'm really out uh, to encourage and inspire and instruct uh, more importantly, because if you just sound the alarm about something, but you don't have something to put in its place, uh, then that's not very helpful. So I I really am passionate about seeing people's lives changed, companies' lives changed, so that they can be what they really went into business to be and what they went to work to be in the first place.
1: And that is so true that they really need that instruction, don't they? To be able to get your message clear so that they can go implement it. And that's been one of your testimonials from your audience saying that it's very easy to do. It's very, you know, great to do. And I've seen it come through your books. Well, let's talk about as a best-selling author. Now, let me just tell you, Dr. Martin, it, it was it was funny when I first met you and when we first started working together, I said, okay, I kind of like this because the first one I read was The Sink. Now, look, it's, it, it, it's a little different than most books. And then uh, I got, you know, The Company of Owners. Now, these are all... USA Today and Wall Street Journals award-winning books. And I said, this is a little different. You can just put that in your briefcase or your purse. And then your latest architecting uh, a company of owners where you've revamped, you know, this whole thing. How did you choose this format and how does it work?
0: Okay, so, and by the way, Sue, we are going to get you the latest, greatest, because we're in the fifth edition of uh, both Company of Owners, whoop, that's upside down, and the SYNC, and you'll notice, boy, I'm directionally challenged on the camera here. They're both in hardback now, and you are not going to believe how great yeah. they look in, in hardback.
1: Okay, um, but still, but, I mean, it's a different, if it's, it's a different format.
0: So, so... I, I basically ripped off a guy named Austin Kleon, who wrote a little book called Steal Like an Artist. His first book was six by six and subsequent books. And it was that same color structure that I used on Company of Owners, black and yellow or whatever that color is. Uh, and, but I figured his book was it basically instructed me to steal like an artist. So I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna copy, you've been very successful at this. And it's been a winning formula so company came out of a conversation I had with the CEO of this you know, multi-billion dollar oil and gas company. I said, you need to fire your employees. And he said, what are you talking about, Darren? I can't fire my employees. I said, yeah, you don't want employees. You want people who act like owners. And that really sparked this idea that just spread throughout the company. We started teaching on it, using it. And that's what inspired me to write the book. It's a, it's a clarion call to, to do that architecting is actually the follow-up which is a roadmap to how do you do it what's the you know here's the step-by-step process and then that little book the sink oh my goodness it's just been really special we're in our fifth printing with that I said and uh it's a simple little tale about leaving things better than you found them and I could not tell you well we we have a a hospital group in Miami, a children's hospital that has ordered 8,000 copies over the last two years because they give it to all their employees. We've got hotels that use it. It's just such a simple, unique idea, but it's, it's great for all of us, even just at the, you know, if you're, if you are a a homemaker or if you're running a corporation, it's an idea that, that really is transformative.
1: And I, I continue to be uh thrilled to see the changes that you've transformed in and I can't wait to see the the hard copy books now you know because people are are different you know they're looking for for different things and that that's really that's really great and what it sounds like to me is basically what I was instructed to do in corporate america and I was able to do it is to become more of an entrepreneur mm. person in the company that. so that um and that word is hard i wish we you know now yeah. owner's is easier to say so you can become your own owner but that's what innovation creates then right it, yeah
0: by the um, way the 100% the first sign you're an entrepreneur by the way is uh if you can't spell the word entrepreneur
1: uh oh that
0: but, but yeah you want people, if you unleash the talent at your company and they are bringing their best selves, their best ideas, there are billions of dollars. I've got uh, two stories that I kind of book in, sometimes my owner talk with. One is where a guy got fired for having ideas. Uh, by the way, that was, uh, he, he went to another automotive company and basically gave them the idea, which was the minivan which they sold 500,000 units year over year for a long time. That company let that money walk out the, the door. And the other one is this story about a, just a guy that had risen up from nothing, drop, high school dropout, became janitor, and then started to get other positions within the company that brought an idea that ended up being a multi-billion dollar idea. It was a product for that company. So when you tap into the talent of the people that you bring on board and you really encourage that. That's when you get great results. Ford, uh, not Ford, uh, Toyota gets on average 40 ideas a year from every employee because they insist on it. Um, and that that's the kind of company you wanna build where it's open, people are not afraid to share their ideas or or, or worse yet. be Well, I, I had the top sales guy of a company, top sales guy, this high-end men's brand that sells in Paris, in in Rome, New York, all over the world, big brand, expensive brand. And he went to the senior level people at the company at a big meeting, annual meeting, and said, Hey, I've got some ideas I'd like to share. And you know what they, he said that might make us more money and be good for the company. You know what they told him? Thank you, young man. We've got it. We don't thank you. You know what he did? He quit. That's the challenge that we have when we don't listen to people that really want to participate. And I love your thing about being an entrepreneur within the company. That's that's the way we should all be operating.
1: Totally. And but it has to be giving permission to do that, right? That's the key. That's the key. So when you come and present to companies and leaders and all like this, do they see the value that you're bringing? Do they see it uh, and think that they can do that? Or is there some still um, that need to really see how it can work?
0: Well, so I'll give you a testimonial on that. I did a, uh, a keynote for a very large hotel group and that, that was going through a merger. So they were getting even, even larger. And when I walked off stage, the CEO said that was fantastic. He said, I want to talk to you about how we can get you involved more with our leadership team and with our company to do exactly what you're describing. And then I just found out the other day we got on the phone and we're talking through some other things. He said, look, we never have repeat speakers. Your message was so on point for where we're trying to go as a company. I want you to come back this year. So I'm, I'm really honored by that. But that's the... One talk is not going to drive the massive change. It ignites the spark that then gets leaders and people to roll up their sleeves. And that's the part I love doing as a tag team, come speak, yes, but wow. Then let's talk about how we get engaged to come in and and actually drive that transformation that you talked about inside our company. And I've spoken by the way to, I speak to the C-suite on all of the culture pieces When it's individual contributors, I take a completely different approach and talk about how they can act like an owner and the behaviors that if they will implement those, they will be indispensable to their company. So I I kind of do a combination between dealing with C-suite, you know, leadership who have direct reports and then a large, large groups of individual contributors who the leadership wants to inspire.
1: And I could certainly see why they do want you to come back, because you're right, an hour or however sparking that, then what's the next steps? And we're finding that with a lot of our uh, speakers that, hey, yeah, this ignited what we needed because where we're at in our culture is so open to it that we want you to come back. And here's what we want. So... For me as a bureau, I've seen that change. It's not just one keynote to to another. It is coming back and and developing it more. So that's exciting for our industry as well.
0: Sue, I think it's the formula for moving forward because it makes too much sense. And I've started baking it in actually to the contract that, look, we agree that we'll have a follow-up call and we'll talk about implementation, some of these other things because I, I went and did some training in Africa for a relief organization, and uh, they were so sweet and wonderful. And these were, for the most part, leaders that were trying to drive change, very poor, especially by American standards. But they asked me, uh, Dr. Martin, are you gonna come back? And I said, I don't know why. And they said, because we have a saying in Africa, one rain only brings drought. And that just you know, shot straight through my heart of, I don't want to be one rain. I don't want to be a, you know, a, 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 a person that just gets up there. I want to be the person that gets up there and starts something that then we can also finish or bring further along. And so that's, I'm I'm really excited about uh, doing more of that in the, in the years coming forward.
1: Well, it looks like I'm right on track with my company because that's what I believe in. You know, it's like, yeah, I want to serve you, but I also want to serve you again, you know? So that's the, you know, the pattern that can. So sport. you're
0: always right on track. You're always leading the industry. I can't tell you how much I love working with you. You are a absolute difference maker and you don't see the world like a lot of other people. And that, that gets me excited because you're always pushing more doing different things uh, you know, challenging us, your, your stable of speakers out there to, you know, Hey, you need to think about this. You need to add that and do this. And that's why I love our relationship because you, you really inspire me in so many ways.
1: Well, thank you because I, you know, I don't know how else to roll. Of course, being a former speaker uh, kind of helps that, that, that edge in there. Cause I, you know, I don't speak that much myself, but Hey, I can instill others to to still get out there and and have that part. So that's been exciting. Uh, and and during COVID, let me ask you this: Has your business changed in any way since we've come through COVID, out of COVID? What does it look like? What what was one major thing that you can see changed?
0: Well, the the. The herd got thinned a little because people were, were quitting. We talked about this, Sue. I said, look, I'm not quitting. People were sounding the death toll. There are going to be no more conferences, no more speaking. It's not going to happen. <laughs> all my big ones that I had scheduled, Cox Media, PayPal, they all went virtual. And it's not near as much fun doing a keynote virtual. It's great. And you can really make it rock. But man, when you can be in the room live and what people are coming back in droves now, but they are a more discriminating consumer they are really hungry for something that is going to transform not just you know people say well you know are you a motivational speaker yeah okay yes i'm a motivator i hope i motivate people but my deal is i want them walking away thinking different doing things different i love when i get emails or messages back saying Wow, that thing you shared three months ago, I've been doing it and it's just made all sorts of change in my life and in my work. Uh, That's what I think people are hungry for, because I talk to people who say, yeah, we had an entertainer last year and entertainers are great. And especially depending on the kind of conference, they can be phenomenal. But a lot of these companies that are looking for change, looking to drive something different, they want, uh, you know, substance as well as just being entertaining.
1: Exactly, and I, I think we found too that with virtual, you kind of have to have some of that little entertaining there to make sure they, you know, stick stick around. So I, I think we've progressed in doing some of those key things, but I think you're right; content is still king, and you know we've got to make sure that 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 works now.
0: And Sue, so, can I just add that is the new frontier, by the way, because concerts. You can attend a concert and, and be like you're there, but not really there. And that's going to morph with the speaker business. And you're driving the charge with that. You are one of the ones that's been pushing for technology, 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 because a lot of people do want virtual and you don't want to do that in a boring fashion. So I, I think that's important to point out that that is there's a lot of future in, in, in that for the industry
1: exactly thank you for bringing that up because i'm one of the first ones i think that said virtual is here to stay because it is mm-hmm. yeah uh, i'm still booking virtual you yeah. know and, yeah. and if you say you know you don't do virtual or you're not going to have virtual in your package anymore it's very hard you know to say okay <laughs> We'll wait till till you're ready for an in-person, right? (laughs) You know? And so I think you still have to have that package. And that's why I created this show to show that we've got to have it all. Yes. It's not just you can stay here and here where you're comfortable and maybe you're not as comfortable. Uh, A lot of people aren't on virtual. We all had to learn it. (laughs) You know, we all, and it's not perfect, but we're not either, but
0: You've got it. You've. you've, you've- I, I. And Sue, I like when I I go into a studio, professional, and do it with all the bells and whistles. When I do a virtual session, you've got people like Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, that have built these huge sets. You know, when Tony's reaching six, seven thousand people, he knew he couldn't just be on a screen just talking. He had to do something. So I've got some ideas. We'll talk offline uh, about ways we can do that, uh, together too, by the way.
1: All right. That sounds great. Cause I, I'm open to lots of ideas, as you know, (laughs) and my broadcast director, Lisa, who's uh, helping us here today. Uh, I'm sure she's saying, okay, one more thing. All right. (laughs) we got it going. (laughs) We can do this. We can do this. Now, let me ask you one more question, um, before we get to our close here, but, What is the number one issue that you think leaders face in the workplace today that you're coming in to help them with? What's the number one issue?
0: The thing that every single business has in common is people. And it is their biggest asset and their biggest headache. And man, if they can discover how to tap into that because it's completely doable and companies have figured it out. The companies that really have great cultures have figured it out. But if rather than just being frustrated about that, you know, our people aren't engaged, we can't, if they can figure out, and I can help them do that, how to tap into that. uh, All of a sudden it's a, it's a changed company. So the equipment, a lot of the, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff involved in running a company, but you know, I speak to every industry because I'm talking about the people part and that is the, the magnum opus of success for them if they can get that part sorted out, how to tap into that, that, that resource they have.
1: That's so true. That's so true. Now in closing today, I have a question for you. What are you going to do today to be Remarkable?
0: Sue, okay, I saw that little impish grin on your face and I was kind of uh, afraid, but uh, I don't have to be afraid about that question because my mantra, one of my mantras is I amplify the inherent greatness in every person I meet. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do because I do it every day. I'm going Christmas shopping, first of all, for my sweet dear wife. I'm going to get on the ferry and cross over to the, the great French Quarter and go you know, find some gifts. But every single person I encounter, I don't care if they're handing me the coffee or I'm in an Uber with them, I want to see them changed in some way. And I try to bring the biggest amount of energy I can into every interaction. And it's amazing how people open up, show up. I had a guy, I, I got out of a, a Uber the other day, and he said, "You know, I think I'm actually going to get him on a plane." And I was like, "You've got this," you know, just. It was a it was a ride to the airport, ironically. He'd never the guy's never flown. He drives everywhere. He had a job in Vegas. He was driving from New Orleans to Vegas because he's afraid to get on a plane. But we had a great conversation. And that's that's to me what's remarkable is helping other people be remarkable. And that's what I'm gonna do when I walk out that front door.
1: Wow, that's that's tremendous. And we just thank you so much for being here today. Now to our audience. I want to challenge you with the same question because we want to leave you with knowing that you can be remarkable and how are you going to do that? We've been given some great tips today that you can learn that, but I agree that it's about people and that's what we're about here today. And you can see on the screen, how to have Darren, Dr. Darren at your next event. You can also see, we wanna make sure that you check out our YouTube channel, subscribe to it because all the rebroadcasts of all of our shows and Dr. Martin asked me, what, what number? This is our 14th episode, so they're all on there. So you can, if you have to remember quotes or want to do that, you can go back and see it on our YouTube channel. So we want you to make sure that you get there too. And we want you to join us then again next week, next Friday, every Friday at 10 o'clock on my LinkedIn uh, profile, my YouTube channel, our Twitter channel and Facebook, we're all there at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time every Friday, we're consistent. And we want. Uh, we will have next week our remarkable guest is Holland Haas. Now, she's an international keynote speaker. She is all about connection. And she is an award-winning author. So you won't want to miss Holland next week. And again, we just want to thank you for joining us today and being with us. And we want to thank you for making this show happen. And we will see you again next Friday.